Hey everyone, welcome back to You Are Here. It's been a long, long two-week break and I have missed talking to everybody and yeah, I'm so excited. And this week is very, very special. Um, this is our first guest episode and I thought, who else other than the woman that raised me, gave me life, gave me uh, her personality, literally everything. Um, then my mom. So today um, you'll be hearing from me and my mom. We're having a really interesting conversation all about body image. I just thought it would be really fitting to talk about this since it's summer. Lots of thoughts about bodies happening, um, you know, things like that or it's spring, but it's going to be summer. And so I know this could just be a very tough time to like look at yourself in the mirror, to like be in dressing rooms with your mom, probably trying on stuff and <laughs> And, you know, just being hectic. But so I thought we would just have a conversation about this. My mom is such a brilliant person. She's a pastor. She's a counselor. She um, is uh, has a psychology degree. She's just so educated and so knowledgeable and has so many hours of experience Um you know, not even including the experience of like talking to me about all this, but talking with so many women and, um, families and stuff like that. So anyways, mom, um, yeah, thanks for being here. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here <laughs> yeah. today. This is like my favorite subject. Yeah. One of my favorites mm -hmm. because it impacts women directly. And every day we see this, you know, in our office, we see it but just, you know, on the daily. So I'm super excited to be able to talk to you about this. So yay. So good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Always. Oh, I feel honored. <laughs> Always. Um, I know we have like a lot of the people that listen to the podcast, yeah. they're around my age. So like mm -hmm. early, uh, either like late teens or like early twenties. So, um, I know I would just love for your perspective on like what has it's like a big question, but like, what's your perspective on, um, just like your journey with your body? Cause mm, I know that's a great like, question. Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Okay. So high school years were Deanna at about 115 pounds and that was high school all the years. I remember being in, um, being a freshman and being in the marching band and being, I think at that point I was maybe about a hundred pounds, barely a hundred so I would wear in the Texas sun. In the Texas sun, but this is how desperate I was to have a body that looked normal back then. I would wear my jeans, and then on on the bottom of my jeans, this is 110 degree weather, right? I would sometimes wear leggings so that I could look fuller because I was so That's skinny. Insane. Did you ever get heat stroke? Absolutely, <laughs> I would get nosebleeds. I would get all sorts of crazy things because I wanted to be a little bit fuller. You know, and that was something I struggled a lot to gain weight growing up. Um, unfortunately, I don't have that problem anymore. It's no, like I'm that's, totally we're overcome. done with those jokes, mom. <laughs> we're done. But, but you know what? But and now I am really comfortable in, in the body that I am now. But I wanted to have curves when I was a freshman, you know, I don't know, 14 years old or whatever. Um, I wanted that so badly. And then I had babies and curves came in and all the things came in, which is awesome, right? Um, but, you know, in thinking about body, my body has gone through so many different changes. Like I said, really, really thin growing up and then going full, full figure woman and then going through this little thing nine years ago, breast cancer. So I had to approach my body in a totally different way than 
than even before in, in thinking so much on the outside and what I look like. And it has been a journey. I think that we have been conditioned as women to really focus on the outside and look at ourselves all the time. I mean, and, and that's how we are judged in the world. I'm reading this amazing book that I've been telling all my friends to read because it is like a must read for every woman that has a body. It's called More Than a Body. And, uh, it is by Lindsay Kite and Lexi Kite. They're both doctors. They're twins. And they started this book because also, you know, just growing up with these um, ideas of what our body is supposed to look like, be like, feel like. And I love this little tag. It says, your body is an instrument, not an ornament. And when I saw that title, I was like, this is one that I, I need to read for me, but I also need to read it for all the women that come in and are are being affected by this, by what the media tells us, what our body's supposed to look like and all that. So a little bit more about the journey for me, it was coming to a place of acceptance. Okay. This is where my body's at. It is awesome. It, it, it can do crazy things. Um, my, I guess like my, um, peace with my body was when I was pregnant with you, I was amazed at what my body could do. First off, it could create another human. And that was miraculous and amazing and resilient. And I remember going through a little bit of TMI here, going through um, planning for childbirth and my doctor saying, hey, you want an epidural? You want to do that? And I was like, no, my body was created to have a baby and I want like the full experience of this thing. You are crazy for oh, that. Oh, which I was crazy for that. <laughs> but um, but I did. I And when once I went through, you know, um, having you, no medication, no nothing. And I, ladies, I am not saying that you should do that. Because once I was in the thick of it, I was like, what am I doing and why am I doing this? But it was okay. You were just a big baby with a big head. Um, still got a big head. <laughs> still got a big head. That's true. <laughs> beautiful, brilliant head. But when, um, in birthing you, and then once I had you, I remember it was like the most exhilarating feeling that I have ever, ever felt of just like, wow, my body was made to make a human and to create life, give life, nurture life and birth life. And it can do that. And then go totally back to normal, everything closing up and doing what it needs to do. It was amazing. And I just admired my body. So I remember even in having you as a baby that I would just, you know, hold you. And I was never afraid of you because I thought this girl, she came through her mama. She is resilient. She's strong. She's bold. She's okay. She's a strong girl, you know? And uh, I think that is something that it gave me peace and kind of like really had my body. I had an admiration for my body from that point moving forward. Yeah. That's so good. Um, I think uh, what you talked about, the book, mm -hmm. I, a really important piece, I think, when it comes to, like, I guess the way that I think about body image now and even, like, growing up, seeing it from, like, a different perspective um, is just, like, how from such a young age as a girl, which I think is so unique to, like, any guy's experience True. in the world, like, you are conditioned as a girl to view yourself to objectify yourself absolutely and yeah. um and how like like even you like going to the measure of putting leggings underneath your jeans like that is insane insane and these right? are like no stretch jeans nope. and you're trying to like be this thing mm -hmm. and it's like for what you right. know what i mean and i think when it comes to like specifically the term like of weight especially i think there's a lot of um things that 
um, whenever you as a girl objectify yourself and view yourself through essentially like a male lens, what happens is you lose all of the like nuance that is within like body weight and fluctuating and like your menstrual cycles, your hormones, your like literal biological makeup. Like as a child, like you just, you weren't curvy and like you couldn't do anything to do that. Like you could eat however much you wanted Mm -hmm. and it was not going to change that. And, um, and I think like there's something in, and also acknowledging the fact that like every woman's body is different Absolutely. and that like you are, um, to always approach your body in the sense that it needs to change or needs to be better mm-hmm. rather than it's like literally just keeping you alive. Right. It's doing what it needs to do. Um, like no matter what it looks like, mm-hmm. I think that's where it can get so harmful. Um, you know, whenever you just start putting all these, um, I don't know, like almost like benchmarks and pressures on what it should look like. And I mean, and I can't even imagine growing up in your time of, you know, having social media around. We didn't. We had magazines and we had television that would tell us what beautiful, what was the standard of beauty. So I can't even imagine what it's like for kids your age, you know, and, and living in this time of social media because it was hard enough looking from the outside in and seeing like, wow, my body doesn't look that way. You know, I basically think in high school had Derek's body in a girl's body. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I had. But um, but coming to peace of like, okay, my body is going to change over the years. It's going to get all the things that it needs to get um, and and not having that pressure from the outside. And also culturally, um, I don't know about other cultures, but in the Hispanic culture, this is something that is so glorified, your body. You know, normally when people greet you, they don't say like, oh, how's your job going? How are you doing? It's like, oh my gosh, you've gained so much weight. Or wow, you, wow, you, you know, and I've had that personally happen to me um, where it's been body shaming. And that is, uh, that has been incredibly harmful. And unfortunately, it's so toxic, but that's the way people perceive you in, in the Mexican American culture. So, yeah. Um, I would also like to hear more about just you, like how you had to view your body going through cancer mm-hmm. and something that like literally altered your body forever. Oh, yeah. Um, like you talked about pregnancy. Yeah. Like obviously like your body was changed for like nine months and then it went back to normal ish mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, um, but something like cancer, like that is like, you know, like even as you're going through the process, like I remember you having to like wear drains and like things like that after these like very intense traumatic surgeries. Like, yeah, I would just, Mm -hmm. I think that would be really interesting. I think, you know, um, Eric, your dad did such a great job instilling in me so much, um, just, um, confident as a woman throughout our marriage, since we got married all the way, you know, to, to when cancer hit. So I really, I enjoyed my body. I, I didn't care if I was gaining weight or losing weight or whatever. It was, it was fine. Once cancer came, because breast cancer for a woman is honestly the, in, in the world's view is the worst thing that can ever happen to a woman. And that's the way that many women view it. Many, you know, it is of course so personal. It is a part of you. So when it happened, it, I didn't know how I was going to wake up the next day after post, um, the bilateral mastectomy. And I remember seeing my body for the first time completely different, you know, because I opted, I went through chemo, then I opted to do a bilateral mastectomy. I never wanted it to come back or worry about mammograms. So when I saw my body after they removed the bandages, um, I had asked for them to 
remove everything and then place expanders so then I could do the the whole process of reconstruction. And I remember looking at that and looking so different than what I looked before and feeling deformed. And I remember staring in the mirror and looking at myself and kind of going, okay, this is, this is what it's going to be like now. And I remember telling, <laughs> turning around and telling your dad, huh, I can work with this. It's going to be okay. I can work with this. And uh, her number one strength, <laughs> by the way, in strength finders is positivity. So maybe this isn't going to be everyone's experience going through this. But. Right. right, right. But this is what I had determined to at that point that um, the night before I went into surgery, I remember in the shower, just getting ready. I had to be at the hospital at five in the morning. It was going to be like a 16 hour surgery um, the next day. I remember just in the shower praying and just saying, God, I thank you for my breasts. I thank you that you gave them to me. I have enjoyed them. I have nursed my kids. And now I return them to you. I give them to you. I know that you would never require an offering, but I give them to you as an offering because anything that I surrender to you, Lord, I cannot lose. So that was my prayer. So then when the surgery happened and I was I think I was out for, for a while. Um, and then I came to be and they took out the bandages. I was like, okay, I'm going to be fine. My breasts don't, I don't make me, my body doesn't define me. It's, it's going to be okay. So that was, that was a framework and, um, just learning how to live with this new body, what it feels like, what it looks like has been something that I, it's been a process of accepting and I think I have been at that place for a long time of accepting myself. Like, um, you know, back to my story of body shaming. Um, I had a family member that body shamed me one of the years. And I remember feeling so just angry that I walked away from the conversation where the person told me, hey, you're getting a little bit, you know, more. There's more of you now. And just kind of, you know, really giving me that and walking away from that, not defending myself, not doing that, just crying and just wanting to hide and do that. And I remember just that, just ruining that weekend for us, that weekend getaway that we had. So I remember on our way back home, um, stopping at Starbucks and what I did, and this may be TMI, but I'm going to share it is I had to remind myself who I was. I had to remind myself that what I had done and what I had battled was greater than any stupid comment some ignorant person could make about my body. So I remember lifting my shirt in the restroom and telling myself in the mirror, you survived cancer. You're awesome. This body doesn't define you. And I, I just had a moment there in the mirror and telling myself like, you are not this. You are so much more than this. And if they can't see that, the loss is on them. Like don't even, and that brought healing. And that, that's what I had to do. And anytime that I have felt that I have to change my body, lose weight, do this, or look a certain way for people to accept me, I have to remember like, girl, you survived. You're surviving. And this is not going to define you. And that's the attitude that I take whenever I talk to women. I'm like, no, this is not going to kill you. This is going to make you strong. Yeah. So good. See why I'm this way, everyone? (laughs) Um, But uh, I think what you did in the restroom is so amazing. And I think it's actually a version of what you did when what before you had your double mastectomy of you like giving it back to God. Mm -hmm. And I think it goes back. There's a lyric in a song in a worship song that says like, I'm an instrument of exaltation. And at the end of the day, I think it comes back to that is like, if you are speaking ill of your body, Mm -hmm. that 
you didn't even do anything to earn or to get or anything like that. And that God has given you in this life that God has given you, um, to only criticize it Mm -hmm. or to only, um, um, wish it was better or different Mm -hmm. or et cetera, et cetera, um, is actually the opposite of worship. Like instead of you just letting, letting God work through your body and and move through you and use your life. Um, and also like think rightly about your body in, you know, from the perspective of like, God gave this to me as it being a gift, no matter what it looks like. Um, I think like, that's exactly that you're, you're once again, like offering up your will and your, Mm -hmm. your, your free will of, of being able to criticize, of being able to potentially change your body, like Mm -hmm. through, whether that be, you know, through working out, through eating, whatever, whatever, um, through surgeries, like you are laying that down and saying like, I'm going to worship God no matter what I look Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. And I think that is amazing. And like over and over again, like I've seen you do that Mm -hmm. and through so many seasons of our life and of your life and our family and stuff. And that is so so powerful. Yeah, so. I think, you know, and that's something that you you get to that place of like, I cannot allow my weight on that scale to define the integrity of my heart and who I am as a person. Like that doesn't define me. You know, um, maybe we should start defining um our body weight. Maybe it should be like how gold how much gold there is in us. That that would be actually a better definition that there's more gold in us. But um but for us to be like so just stuck to a scale and always striving to have this certain body and everything. You know, I'm I'm 48. Um so soon I'll be 50. But every time we're out <laughs> together people are always like she's your sister, right? <laughs> so either I look old no i look uh i look old and and my mom looks young it's the opposite um so so no so then and i say that because you know i know that my body's gonna go through now yet another change and that's gonna be menopause that will be coming soon and going through these changes as women we are conditioned to always stay young always look pretty always always be this this thing I i love the book that i had mentioned earlier because she says in the book that you know many times whenever you see movies you see these leading men that are allowed to be the silver foxes, but these silver foxes that are 60 years old are with a 20 something. How crazy is that? Where are the women that are 60 year olds too, that could also be allowed to be silver foxes. There is not that space. So I hope that we get, and and I think that it starts with each and every one of us to get to a place where we love ourselves. We're comfortable enough that we're showing up in any age in any hair color whatever it is, however we are, and uh, just living life and enjoying it. Um, with summer coming around, yeah, everybody goes through that, like, oh, my gosh, the beach, the beach. What am I going to wear to the beach? And a couple years ago, after all of this, you know, had happened with that, with a family member that I just felt really um, exposed, my body exposed, I'm like, next time that I see this individual, I'm going to wear a bikini. And I sure did. And every single summer since then, I have worn a bikini because you know what? I have a body and it's a body that I get to rock until I die. And I am going to enjoy wearing my bikinis. It just doesn't matter anymore. And I've come to that place that I will not do anything for anyone else when it comes to my body. I will only do it for me. If I want to firm up, I will firm up. If I don't and I want to eat cake, I will do it. And um, it's so empowering to not have to worry about what other people are thinking, because that is a prison that we women tend to stay trapped in. And it's by society. It's by our own doing too. And uh, we shouldn't be living like that. So, yeah. 
I yeah, I totally agree. It's a it's a prison of being like uh, of like sexism. Of Absolutely. just being sexist to yourself, mm-hmm. of objectifying yourself, and um, and of not allowing you to live, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And mm-hmm. obviously, I think uh, it's all, it's always like mentioned, but like you know, every time somebody mentions like body positivity, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, it's like, well, there are fat people, and that's bad. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, like it it I think it always has to be held in tension with like yes like there are reasonable things to do obviously if you're if your doctor's telling you like you could have a heart attack any second right. maybe yeah make a change you know like there's always common sense within this conversation absolutely um uh what this conversation is about is not the not like that. is not about common sense this conversation is about when when you like go the extra mile to hate yourself mm-hmm. you know for mm-hmm. no reason right. that's actually like sponsored by media by hundreds and hundreds of ad agencies that's sponsored by top CEOs mm-hmm. that are men mm-hmm. who are trying to promote products to make you feel horrible. I like something that I was reading too, that she, that she was mentioning that the same company that sells you sun, um, suntan lotion is the very same company that sells a woman, um, bleaching cream. Cause you can't be too dark, but wait, actually you can't, you you're too dark now so we need to then whiten you up so the message that you're getting as women is so convoluted and it is so confusing and we listen to it and we buy into it you know your hair is not good straight enough you know you maybe need to curl it now so now you need a dyson wrap right um air up so we're getting all these messages constantly of what that we are not enough we're not enough you know, um, and then add to that, of course, your social media aspect of like, then all these influencers selling you things, all these different people that we follow, that we admire, that look flawless. And they have been so worked on. But for us, we believe that that's truth. And uh, now I'm getting 12-year-olds in my office, 9-year-olds in my office that are so dissatisfied with the way that they look. They'll tell me, I need to lose weight. I'm like, you're 9. You don't need to lose weight. You just need to be a child that's it but they're being given these image and it's girls that are coming in you know with these hard hard things that they're navigating because they're being told that they are not beautiful not good enough and they see themselves as that so yeah it's bad and then as a girl like obviously there's a physical aspect but then you add on to it as well as like well you need to be polite you need to not yell you need to not do all these things so it's like you're already told all these things about how Mm -hmm your existence is already like needs to be as shrunken down as possible. And Mm -hmm. so then to tell them like, Oh, you also have to be small. Don't take up space. Yeah. is so unfair and so bad. And every time, like then like the opposite conversation with the guy is always like, Oh, well you need to speak up. You need to, yeah, you need to be bold. You need to do all these things. And it's like, there's space for both of those things. Right. right? Like it is not a, like you can have girls and like who are bold and confident Mm -hmm. and, also are kind and respectful right. just how you can have men that are kind and respectful and also like can understand how they're feeling you know like both of those things don't cancel each other out right. um in in either person right. and i think it's a i think it's um i think those things or like those ways that like we think as a culture uh, are are promoted by like it's hard to advertise nuance right mm-hmm. like it always goes back to that like it's it's hard to sell someone on like on again like the common sense approach of right. like you know 
yeah, like if your doctor's telling you something is wrong mm-hmm. with you, like you need to change that. No one's going to say that because right. uh, that doesn't make money, right? Mm-hmm. So it's always going to be like the extreme, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's, I think that's where we've found ourselves. We're like, we're, you know, girls feel like they either have to like love the body that they're in, mm-hmm. make every single change possible True. and like be the extreme. Um, and then the other side is like, of course, guys feel like they can't talk about their emotions or their whatever. So I don't know. I, I think that's like another part of it where like, there's no, there's no room for nuance and like, there's no room for those, like the tension that you live in because yeah. ultimately like as people, we can be so multifaceted and mm-hmm. there's so many layers to us. And that's a beautiful thing about being a person. But I think like a way I think you can catch yourself being in these like bad patterns of thought is if you're finding yourself in extremes, Mm -hmm. like you're not meant to think in extremes. You like, as people, we have the ability to look at all of it, to look at the whole big picture and to get the bird's eye view to like make considerations, to do research, to like really like gather everything that we need together Mm -hmm. in order to make the next step. And I think when, when you become so blinded by, you know, what you're seeing in a mirror or by what people are telling you or, you know, um, or by social media, mm-hmm. whatever, um, it, it really does like, it, it takes away from that aspect of being human. That yeah. is amazing. And so I think you've done a great job of teaching me like of investigating yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Like to a degree of being like, why am I thinking like this? Right. Like who, where did this idea come from? Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. Um, This has been a great, great conversation and we talked for so long. It's going to be a part two. So next week you will hear um, the rest of the conversation and it is just as good slash better than what we talked about in this one. Um, But I hope it was beneficial to you and you got something um, from it. Thank you again so much for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at youarehere.pod. You can follow my personal at Danielle Siani. You can follow my mom's maybe. Yeah. At Diana, whatever. Just go to my you're here and we'll we'll link her. Um and give us a review. Give us five stars. Leave us a comment. And yeah, thank you guys again so much and love you all. Talk to you soon. <laughs>